Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus answered them, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them. And what we will come to make them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything, and remind you of what I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming from you. If you love me, you will rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now that I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Tell me to sing about When I read through the gospel text this week, I still a little song popped in my head. Sing it if you know it. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. That she's a train, right? At least that's what my mom told me as I sang it in the car over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again as a child. The she I was thinking about this week is that, is that sometimes annoying, crazy, Holy Spirit. She's coming around the mountain and will be here with us very, very soon. Though sometimes the Holy Spirit comes in like a train, though, right? It's like the old country music song. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, Lord, I hope it ain't no train. The Holy Spirit does not always do what we want to be done. Three years ago, I did what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do, and I left a call I loved, a place that I was very comfortable in serving, to come to a place that I did not know, to serve a people I didn't even know existed but have fallen in love with since. The Spirit does what the Spirit deems necessary, which makes the Spirit very, very annoying for us who like to be comfortable. When she comes around that mountain, you never know what the Spirit is going to do. And Jesus knows this. And he needs to prepare his disciples for the Spirit's coming. He, and that's what he does in the 14th chapter of John. He's preparing his disciples for the Spirit's arrival. And I think it's interesting as to, as to what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit coming. Jesus says the Spirit will be sent in His name. That the Spirit will teach all of us everything we need to know. The Spirit will remind us all that Jesus has said. And the Spirit will also reaffirm our Lord's identity. I told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. But notice what the Spirit does not do. The Spirit doesn't bring us peace. That's Jesus' job. Jesus brings peace. The Spirit does not. And that's a strange sentence for me to say, and I'm sure it's strange for a sentence for you all to hear. The Spirit, when she does come around that mountain, will cause chaos, will cause orderly things to become unorderly. 
The spirit, when she come, does come around that mountain, might very well feel like a train barreling down on you. So be ready for her. You must be ready for the spirit. So two pages into the sermon, I hear my worship professor, Dr. Olderberg, in my head saying, well, what does this mean for me today? The Holy Spirit has come a long time ago, Pastor. Why should I care about the Holy Spirit now? And maybe you're thinking your life is already in a state of constant chaos without the Holy Spirit's help. You got kids or grandkids, you got your job to worry about, you got retirement finances to think about. If you're like Katie and Kendall and Trey, you got graduation on your mind and the new future ahead of you. What does the Spirit's chaos mean for me today? For you today? not all that often what we think of chaos in a positive light. Chaos is not something that many of us pray for at night, that many of us wish for. You don't wake up in the morning and say, man, I hope it's a chaotic day. And if you do say that, I don't know what's the matter with you. I've never said that once. Chaos, though, in the biblical sense, is one way that we know that God is with us, that God is present. You know, last week, we heard a very chaotic story in the, gospel, in the, the book of Acts. We are how St. Peter learned firsthand that God was changing directions with whom the gospel was to be preached. Gentiles are now part of God's new vision. Needless to say, that created a bit of chaos in the church at the time. This week, Paul gets a similar experience, experience of his own, his own version of holy chaos. It seems as though that the Holy Spirit leads Paul and his gang of friends who are traveling with them to the region known as Macedonia, to the Roman city called Philippi. And he is led there through a vision. A vision of a man standing in Macedonia begging him to come and help them. And Paul, believing that it's the Holy Spirit leading him to Macedonia, drops everything that he's doing, sets sail from Troas straight to Philippi. And my brothers and sisters, it's not like just jumping to the next town over. This is a major trip that they have to embark on. And it seems it took them three days to get there. When else have we heard about three days in the Bible? And when they arrived, they did not find some man on the beach jumping up and down saying, They're here, they're here, they're finally here, they saw my vision. They're here. They really don't find anybody. They don't find any people. They don't find a group of people assembled in a nice church waiting for them, waiting for the preacher to arrive. They find nobody. Luke tells us that they waited some days before finally meeting someone. And notice who they met. A Gentile woman named Lydia, who believes in God, whatever that means, we'll come back to that in a little bit, and who speaks for her family. Now Paul is a Jew who also happens to be a Roman citizen. That means if a Roman soldier was to push Jesus into a ditch, he could not appeal to Caesar. He, unlike Paul, would just be another Jew, another person, another non-Roman citizen in the ditch. Paul, though, has the protection of Rome on his side at all times. He could walk across the earth unharmed, cloaked with only the words, Civis Romanus, I am a Roman citizen. So great was the retribution of Rome, universally understood as certain. Should any harm befall even one of its citizens, Rome would attack. He's also a man. And men at this time period, and, and still today, are hardly ever questioned with what they're doing. There's no laws preventing him from working to care for himself or his family. Lydia, however, doesn't enjoy that same freedom. 
We don't know much about Lydia, but we can assume that she is Gentile, most likely not a Roman citizen, but an indigenous citizen to Greece before Rome came in and took over the region, over her city. We also we know that she is a successful businesswoman and is able to maintain her household with her business. And when she meets Paul and his friends, she's willing to listen to what they have to say, specifically what Paul has to say. This woman was not who Paul was expecting to see. And quite frankly, I don't think Lydia was necessarily looking for Paul that day when she ran into him. She was already a believer of God. She, doesn't, she didn't need Paul or his message to make her feel better. But yet this chance encounter changed her life forever. And in turn, threw her life into a bit of holy chaos. You know, instead of just being the leader of her family, the leader of a small prayer meeting in her home, her and her family must now be the church in a town where no other churches exist, in a town where they are the only Christians. You want to talk about chaotic? This is a very holy, chaotic moment for Lydia and her family. Yet at the same time, very exciting. And Paul. He came to Philippi expecting to be greeted by a man, and in fact, he met no one for several days. Paul came expecting to help a man in his household, a man in his entire village, and instead helped a woman in her household. And now this complete stranger who they just met in the morning is now wanting them to stay in her house. Would you stay with someone you just met, with someone you just baptized? You know, when your life is in chaos like it was for Paul and Lydia, it doesn't mean that God hates you, that God is punishing you, or that God is testing you. It means God is with you. It means that the Holy Spirit is not just coming around the mountain, but that she has come over the mountain. The Holy Spirit has crossed mountains and valleys and streams to be with you. It means that this annoying, crazy Holy Spirit is there with you, leading you down paths you once thought were unsuitable for the gospel. It's in these chaotic moments of life, my brothers and sisters, that we see that our nice, pristine-sounding gospel, it works really well. It works really well in those moments when all hope is lost, when chaos erupts, when that train is barreling down. Our gospel reminds us that the Holy Spirit will not let you go, but will, in fact, remind you of the name which is above every name. Will teach you everything you must know to get through that moment of sheer chaos. We'll put the words in your mouth when you do not know what to say. And the Spirit will remind you of all that Jesus has said. Especially those beautiful words from John. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid.